Welcome to Spotlight Conversations with voice talent and DJ Donna Reed. Donna talks music and media from her sunny linoleum-free studio. Come on in. Music and media is what we like to talk about on Spotlight Conversations. My guest today is Steve Boyle, one of my first guests on the podcast. He's a music TV producer, director. He's in Nashville, but he's got a lot of connections in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're going to talk about some of the new stuff in music in Raleigh. Steve, thanks for coming back. This is really cool. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. So tell me what's going on. I see a lot of things about, um, let's see, not really the fabulous knobs because they're that group is not together anymore, but I see stuff about Jack Cornell with new music, Gardeners of Soul, the Sponge Tones. What are they doing? For a scene that happened in the 80s, it's, it's still kind of happening in its own little way, or not so little way. Um, yeah, the last few months has been some fun updates. Uh, Jack Cornell, who was a bass player with the Fabulous Knobs, uh, also a member of the Olympic ass-kicking team, which is Terry Anderson's, who is also the drummer for, for the Fabulous Knobs. So Terry and Jack spun off to do that. Uh, and Jack has got a solo album that's just out. And uh, he called me up and asked me to do a, a lyric video for him for a song called Show Enough. And... I was listening to the song when he sent it to me and I said, have I, have I heard the knobs do this song before? Why does this song sound so familiar? And I'm, I'm not exactly getting a straight answer. And when I said, well, look, send me a, you got to send me technical stuff, you know, the lyrics of the song and send me the list of who plays on the song. And it's a, it's a de facto fabulous knob song because it's got Terry Anderson on drums and it's got, um, uh, Deborah DeMilo on, on backing vocals, and it's got Jack, of course, on bass. It's got uh, Keith Taylor on guitar. It's all missing. It's missing uh, David Enler, who had died, so he, obviously he can't be there. And Dave Adams, who usually played keyboards for him, wasn't available for whatever reason, so he wasn't there. So it's almost a fabulous Knobs track. So to me, that was exciting and wonderful. And here's something that's new. So what was your inspiration for the video? He just, he, he wanted something fast <laughs> and, and a lyric video because uh, it's a pandemic. There's, there's no way I'm going out to shoot video of anybody and certainly nobody wants me near them. And so the only way any videos are done from me these days are whatever I can make up either out of stock footage or I can make up graphically with animations and things like that. And I've been doing a bunch of that in the last few months because I'm able to make something up out of nothing, really. That's a skill, especially now. Jeez. Well, it's I've got an Emmy for editing, so that helps. So, and I can do it. And, and it's great because my commute to work is from my bedroom to my desk, and I just sit there and edit all day uh, until I'm allowed out to put a crew together and do TV shows again. And so it, it the storyline was a bit intricate as far as show enough goes. And so I just said to him, how we just do straight lyrics? And so it's kind of fun because the lyrics look, the, the, the animation looks interesting and all of a sudden it gets really deep. It's kind of fun. Uh, never mind the fact the song is just great. And it's just so much fun to hear really a kind of new knob song. That's just fun. Now, if someone wanted to see this video, where would they go? Uh, YouTube, uh, Jack Cornell, or, or it's, it, I think it's on Facebook as well. Uh, it should be. But, oh, you can get it on the, the, Re the Return to Combo Land YouTube page. It's there. And that's also something that you've created. We'll talk, I think we talked a little bit about that the last time you were here. Yeah, the Return to Combo Land was my look back at uh, the North Carolina music scene between 1980 and 1984. 
So I wound up documenting the scene with a bunch of music videos and about a hundred hours of shooting stuff with the, all these artists. And so uh, a few years ago, I went back to interview people uh, and check back in with them and released a bunch of mini documentaries that uh, I've, I'm now considering making into one full documentary. Uh, something I was going to do work on this spring, but <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's traveling for the spring. So I've got to wait till the all clear is set, but I've got to do a handful of interviews. Not many. Uh, I got a catch up interview with uh, Mike Gardner from PKM. I've got to do a catch up uh, video with Bruce Brookshire from Doc Holiday in Georgia and a couple of other, like three other interviews, and that's it. And I can I can sit down and edit the thing. You'll have some stories, though. Even when this was done, you'll find more. Oh, yes. I got plenty of stories. But I, I want to tell the story from, from, as, from a beginning, middle, and end for everybody. Right now, they're just pieces of story that's out there. But until then, I've been having fun with everybody in the scene. Uh, I got a call recently from Philip Gardner. Philip is Mike Gardner's brother. Mike Gardner was the uh, M in PKM. And uh, when PKM split in the late 80s, uh, Kenny Soul and Mike Gardner decided to keep going for a little bit, and they created Gardeners of Soul. Love the name. Love that name. So cool. I'm being S-O-U-L-E, Kenny Soul and Mike Gardner. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they got together with Mike's brother, Philip, who wrote a bunch of songs for PKM and is a good screamer singer. And to fill out the rest of the band, they got up with a couple of guys from Sidewinder, who were a big deal band in, in the Raleigh area at that time. They got Audley Freed and Robert Kearns. And it's funny because I know Audley and Robert from Nashville because they live here. And these days they're, they're in the band, they back up Cheryl Crow. So I had forgotten about Gardeners of Soul. And so when I got the call, they, they, their, their back catalog's been getting some notice. So they've decided to clean it up and put it out there for the public and wanted a video. And uh, so I made, a, I made a video for them called Put Your Mouth Where Your Mouth Is, which was a rocking track and one of the most frantic videos I think I've ever made. And they wanted it to be timely for what was going on politically. And it was like, you know, you can't, I, I can't, you, you don't have a budget to go to NBC or CNN and buy all this footage. And they said, what about just get out to vote? And I was like, ah, I can, stock footage of get out to vote, I can get. And so it was a get out to vote video that was only, that played up until election day. And once election day happened, the video was retired. And so they wanted a sequel to that called I Don't Want to Go Back, which was more of a mellow track, mellow for them anyway. It's sort of a Tom Petty kind of feeling track. And that's a strictly lyric video. It's all lyrics with an animation uh, with no stock footage. Uh, but it's a, it's, to me, it was in creating it because it's almost six minutes long. And I thought, how am I going to keep people entertained? How am I going to keep me entertained for six minutes? And I thought, oh, I know. I'm going to make some fun, what they call, well, well, I haven't heard in years, eye candy. Eye candy meaning it's just fun to stare at because it's colorful and it's interesting. And you know what? It's There's something strange or funny or weird goes on just around the corner. 
how do you come up with these ideas? Do the band, does the band just say, hey, just do whatever? Or do you go to them and go, hey, I think this would work and maybe this would work? Or do you just go in there and just start from scratch and just listen to the music and make it? It depends. Sometimes bands will come up to me and, and say, we kind of got this in, in mind. And then I'll, I'll say, fine, I'll listen to it and I'll write something up sometime. And it usually... I try to stay within the neighborhood of what they had in mind, but mostly, like a majority of the time, it's a I get a call saying, "Here's the song, here's the deadline, here's the budget. See you later, goodbye." And so I just make something up, and I make things up that entertain me, and that seems to work a majority of the cases. I got I got a call. I've worked with Garth Brooks for a good number of years. He'd done some. Uh, a, a, some promos for uh, uh, somebody and he didn't like the way they were done. I got a call going, going, Steve, will you, here, we're going to send you the footage. Will you re-edit this? You know what Garth likes. And I was like, yeah, sure, fine. I got off the phone. I thought, I have no idea what Garth likes. I just make what I like. So I guess he must like what I like because he's not complaining. So that's what I did. I just recut the whole thing and it was like, it went on, it went on the air as it was. So obviously, Garth has taste because he likes what I like. So that's good. (laughs) I love it. And, and being a creative, yeah, when they like what you do and you don't hear back. Yeah, that's it. I turn around, it's on, it's on, I look and there it is on CBS or something. Well, yeah, wasn't that nice? I guess I liked it. Um, the sponge tones as well. The sponge I, tones. I hear a lot of buzz. I, that, was, that was fun. Last, oh golly, when I was originally uh, catching up with everyone in 2007, 2008, 2009, I decided I wanted to shoot a couple of music videos with a couple of the artists just just for the fun of it, for the documentary. And so I got a hold of the Sponge Tones and I got a hold of Terry Anderson, the Olympic gas kicking team, and I did videos for them. I shot them and I never did anything with the footage because the funding went away, the economy was terrible. I needed to keep working and doing other things. Plus I was going through a divorce and so it just sat there. And around this time last year, I thought, you know what, I gotta do something with this footage. And so I edited what I shot 10 years earlier and put out the sponge tones last December and then the Oak team last January. And the sponge tones video has won six international film festival awards this year, including one in Atlanta last weekend. Jamie Hoover is genius. I just think he's just great. Oh, and his production, the way his his producing is just absolutely brilliant. He's still producing some great stuff. The sounds he can he can get out of his studio is remarkable. We're talking to Steve Boyle, one of uh, my first guests on the podcast Spotlight Conversations. He's a music TV producer, director, a lot of ties in North Carolina, knows the Raleigh, North Carolina music scene. Now he's in Nashville, and we're talking about some of these artists in North Carolina who. It's like a resurgence of them, right, Steve? All of a sudden, we're hearing more, and they're sounding as good as they ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, the Oak team is still. Some of these bands are still playing. The Sponge Tones still get together. All these years later, they're still they're still playing. The Olympic ass kicking team just did uh, a live thing for Cat's Cradle. Uh, oh yeah, in, in support yes. of the Cat's Cradle. That's so right. There's, so some of these are a lot of these artists are still out there and still that still Oak playing. Team? I mean, the, the, Oh, the Oak team is, is an abbreviation, O-A-K, Olympic ass-kicking. <laughs> I know Terry Anderson was behind that, because that just sounds like one of his creative ideas. Yeah, 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 he's very good at that. 
and the the Olympic asking team is is one four, and I'm gonna hear in a few more days about two more film festivals in 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 Britain, uh, to see how that goes as well. It that's been amazing and fun. What to me, what I find amazing about it is, the music has held up all this time, even the music from the eighties from the sponge tones and from and from the fabulous knobs and from pkm and all the rest of them all these years later that music still holds up the fact that i made some fun visuals to go along with them is just gravy and also yahoos what are the what is how does that tie into the oak team terry is in that band uh dan baird from the georgia satellites is in that band when deborah left the fabulous knobs they turned into a band called the woodpeckers where Dan Baird came on. And Dan Osuna came on and because he had a band in Georgia, the Georgia Satellites, and then he went back to the Georgia Satellites. I think I've got the story straight. He goes back to Georgia Satellites, so the Woodpeckers become the Woods. But meanwhile, Dan took one of the, the which well, the Fabulous Knobs did the song too, called um, Battleship Chains, and it became a big hit for the Georgia Satellites. Written by Terry Anderson. Yes, in fact, and then when the Georgia Satellites broke up and Dan did his first solo album, Terry gave Dan his his first solo hit, which is I Love You, Period, which is another Terry Anderson song. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. I just have to oh, put yeah. that out there. And I mean, the puns alone, it's just worth it for that. Yep. My kids know it by heart. That's how we learned grammar. I'll oh, well, there you go. There. Oh, very good. It's, it's a teaching <laughs> element, too. Oh, boy. I may be that. in Houston, but I, I bring the Raleigh music scene down here, too. So. Okay. <laughs> Don Dixon from Arrogance has also been busy. He's been touring around for quite a while with his wife, Marty Jones. They go out as a duo. Marty's a singer-songwriter in her own right, as well as a, a painter, great painter. She's represented by a gallery here in Nashville. Uh, and uh, in fact, she's got an album out I just love called You're Not the Boss of Me. It's bossing over music. Came out a few years ago, but I still play that album. I love that album. <laughs> and uh, Rod Abernathy, for those of you, since we're on an arrogance angle here, Rod Abernathy uh, has a new album out called Normal Isn't Normal Anymore. wonder why he came up with that title. Uh, and was recorded here in Nashville. And uh, Rod also from, not just from Arrogance, also from Glass Moon. Uh, in fact, he's got a, a new single out called Another Year. And he has a series of uh, videos he also does called My Mom's Guitar. So look for that. The DBs are another another group that are still kind of, they're not exactly DBs at the band are, aren't playing, but pretty much everyone from the band is. I think Peter Holzapple has had a bunch of stuff come out recently that's brand new, that's definitely worth chasing down. And so has Chris Stamey, because we were talking about new things that are coming out. Uh, Chris Stamey's got some great stuff too. In fact, he he called me not some last year on an artist he was working with uh, to fix a video for uh, that that uh, artist, which I, I don't think has come out yet. So this was not that long ago. But um, but there for for folks that were in the in the scene at that time, that's some more some of the more of the artists are still working. I, I love the process you have when you make these videos because it you've been doing it for a while, so you obviously you know what you're doing. Kind of cool how some of these bands you've worked with for a long time they just kind of here's the video, see if you can put something together, and almost 
every time they're like happy with it, aren't they? That's cool. I, I, pretty much every time. I can't think of anybody that's not been happy with anything I've done. Uh, so I've been lucky so far. In the days when I was doing major label music videos for a living, where a label would call me up, what would happen is the routine back then, I don't know if it is now because I don't do a lot of that now, is they would call up three different directors and say, okay, you, we've out of all the directors on our list, you three have been chosen um here's the song here's the lyrics write up what they call a treatment which is a one-page description of how you see the video going and sometimes they'll say uh we kind of want it this way or that way uh and so i would write a treatment and then sometimes i get the videos sometimes i don't most of the times i do and because they're looking for directors that have a, a quote-unquote certain look although in my in my case i remember a label exec telling me how frustrated uh, she was with me because she couldn't peg down my look. All the other directors she can peg, and she, I didn't have a look, and I was proud of that because I said to her, you know, I don't, I'm not making something for me. I'm making something for the artist. This, this is custom made for the song, for the genre, and for the artist. It should look like the artist, not me. That helped and hurt me all at the same time because I wasn't easy to peg. I mean, it's hard right now with the pandemic. You can't get out there and do the gigs live. But at least still, you can get in the studio and create something and then get you to come in and, and do a, a video for it. But even in the studio, it's tough because if you're going to put a band together, you, you, you're all in a small room. What are you going to do? Recording sessions are t tough to do. You've got to get into a big room and who's wearing a mask and who can take it off at the time and how much air conditioning is going through. How do you move the air through? And I've heard all sorts of horror stories on bands artists trying to get together in studios and so there's not a lot of even that going on because of that but because of that so i mean there's just no way that you can have you doing your part whatever musical instrument you play me doing my part whatever musical instrument i play and then bring it all together and then everybody else in different cities around the country it's really hard to do that but but it can be done and that a lot of that is being done lately one of the things i'm hearing a lot of are zoom songwriting sessions there's a lot of that going on or Skype or, or, or Google uh, and all the rest of them where you can get live with each other and, uh, and play that way. And there's been some live and I forget the gear, how, what gear there's, that'll, there's some live things that they, people have been able to do in different places, but it gets kind of visually, it gets kind of samey and I'm sure Musically, it's kind of rougher to play that way, too. But if it's everybody, all these musicians have little demo studios at home anyway. Yeah, so right, you right. can you can record your bit. Is it possible to do an album that way? Sure it is. How long does it take? Oh, that's a good question. Depends on what the music is, <laughs> like everything else. But does anybody want to do that? There's a vibe. Does that help the vibe or not? And it depends. So I don't know. It, I'm, but I'm sure that's being done. I mean, what do you think is going to happen with a lot of artists that they have these songs and they're writing them and they have the basic melody and then they want to get together with the band and, and put an album together? I mean, I don't think this pandemic is going to go away anytime real soon. I'm trying to be optimistic, but um, as a director of music videos, what do you think? I think they're, what I'm hearing is that people are doing, as you mentioned, that people are doing things at home. They're doing their individual tracks. I just did, recently, I just finished a video for David Ball. David used to, I used to see him play the pier back in the 80s. 
and uh, he's had his hits in, in country and that, and he's got a video I just finished for him that won't come out until later in the year. And it was him, a fiddle player and a guitar player, and of course David's playing guitar and singing as well. And so David did his part, sent that to me. The fiddle player played uh, har- dual fiddle, fiddles, so he's playing harmony fiddle there. And then the, uh, the guitar player, and all the tracks came to me, and I mixed them, and then stuck them together with video. And it looks and sounds fine. Now, how long did it take you to do that, given everybody was in different places? A couple of days. So Didn't it is possible long. to do it. Yeah. So, and you know oh, yeah. And that's, and that's me doing the audio and the video, which is right. rare. I usually don't do the, do the audio. Usually the audio is, just, audio is just shipped to me. But in that case, because it was a sequester video and it was a sequester track, and I was like, yeah, send it to me. I can mix it. In fact, I did, uh, I did a one-hour live performance uh, for Radney Foster because he was scheduled for a concert festival. And of course, that was all canceled and it was all done online. And rather than just having a cell phone performance, like most of them were, he wanted something more than that. So I booked one of the clubs here in Nashville, which was closed third and Lindsley. It was, you know, there's nothing else going on there. And it was Radney and a bass player and a guitar player who were about eight or 10 feet apart from each other on stage in an empty club and me and a dozen cameras and uh, a sound person and a lighting person and the guy with the keys that opened up the building. And that was it. We, we owned the club. And it was kind of weird and eerie because it, the place was empty. But um, did the show and it played online and it did really, really well in our performance. And Randy was thrilled because it, it gave him a chance to perform again, even if it was to a virtual audience. And because of the way we set it up, we were all, you know, socially distant from each other. So that worked out well. And that was a, that was in September. So nobody's gotten sick so far. So we're, we did right. Folks are still putting out music. Their fans still want to see them. They're not going to concerts. You know, they're going to have to watch them somehow or another. Yeah, what there's, because I keep up with television trends and audience trends and that sort of thing. For once MTV came out, uh, the attention span for people was getting shorter and shorter to the point that once cell phones were prolific with video on in them, uh, you know, if anything was longer than three minutes, people weren't interested in watching it to the point where anything longer than a minute was, uh, that's where TikTok comes in. Uh, it, but once the pandemic hit, all of a sudden those short form videos went out the door. Nobody wanted to look at them anymore. They wanted to sit at home and watch long form videos. I worked with a group called The Long Players and I was, for years, I was releasing these three, four, five minute videos. And once the pandemic happened, I started releasing 45 minute videos and they've done really, really well. And it doesn't mean it won't change back to short form once this is over in a year or so, but right now it's all kind of long form. So everything is changing. I mean, yeah. And so, so things like a, a concert would do well or things like documentaries, music documentaries are doing extremely well, that sort of thing. What else you got cooking for the next couple of months? Oh, it's, I, you know, the phone rings, thankfully, and somebody calls me and says, let's do something. I got all sorts of things I'd love to tell you. I can't. You can't I've got, as soon as the pandemic's over, I've got some, wow, I've got some really television series stuff that is ultra cool that I would love to tell you about, but I can't. Yeah. They, meaning producers, writers, are optimistic. Well, you know, there was a pandemic in 1918 and yeah, that's true. they got, you know, eventually everybody became normal again. I, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't wear a mask growing up. 
Uh, uh, so eventually it goes away. But and we've got so hopefully after the you know after a vaccine and all that stuff. Hopefully by this time next year we're talking about the good old days of hopefully more masks. All right, Steve Boyle, music, TV producer, director. Thank you for talking about the Raleigh music scene, and thanks for being a guest again. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Spotlight Conversations with Donna Reed. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify Podcasts or your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in.